Everybody, Jim Sammons here, and welcome to the Kayak Fishing Show Live. As always, brought to you by my favorite, Ballast Point Brewing Company. Today, we are having the Pace, Pace, Passing Haze, Hazy IPA. It's a good one on a hot day. Cheers to y'all. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, it is hot. It's like over 100 degrees here in San Diego right now, and super high humidity, not what we're used to. Uh, we, when it gets hot, it's usually pretty dry, but it's fairly humid today. And uh, like I said, just hot, hot, hot. Very happy that I replaced our whole AC in our house last year and put on solar panels. So I don't feel guilty about using it. So it's actually cold in my house, <laughs> but beer helps. So, um, yeah, I mean, we didn't have a show last Thursday. Um, for those of you who are new to our show, every Tuesday and Thursday, we air older episodes of the show. Every Tuesday is the Jackson Kayak Years. Every Thursday is the Ocean Kayak Years or the early years. You know, we've been on the air now for 11 years. So didn't do a show last Thursday. I actually uh, had to have uh, spinal injections, uh, epidural injection in my back. Um, so hopefully those are going to take effect and I'm going to be able to get back on the water because I just have not been able to sit in a kayak or get on the boat or anything because my back problem. So, um, so like I said, that's all, I have to give that a week or so to settle in and hopefully we'll be all good about that. Um, and you guys are Padre fans. The Padres are, you know, one last night and Winning right now, <laughs> four to nothing. Uh, Myers hit a grand slam in the first inning, so that's always a good way to start. So, um, yeah. Oh, I got uh, before we get going on the the show, you know, on airing the episode. Uh, I got a delivery yesterday from my good friend Patrick Sabiel of Band of Anglers. Um, I mean, a big delivery. Uh, he's he's kind of set me up for the whole year of of fishing uh, this season. And uh, I just dug into the box really quick. Uh, I wanted to show you a couple of little lures that he sent me. And um, like I said, some of these I've used in the past. Some of them I used as prototypes. And others I have not used yet, but, uh, you know, always stoked to get new stuff. So first off, the uh, dart spin. This is the seven inch dart spin in the Pro Pack. The Pro Pack means it has been hand painted and um comes with the weighted hook this thing is deadly on calico bass it's deadly on largemouth bass i've caught like 30 different species on the dart spin of different sizes but this is the big one uh, and this is the one that i covet that i really i don't give to other people because uh this, that size is my favorite for those calico bass so a great lure caught like i said i've caught like 30 different species from freshwater to saltwater on that so uh, if you haven't fished the dart spin, that is a good one. Um, this is a new one, and I have thrown the uh, the flying popper. And the the thing about the flying poppers, 
these things, they fly. I mean, you can cast them a mile. Uh, this is a new one in that it is the tuna rocket. <laughs> and I don't know if I'm going to be able to get this thing open because this is very tough plastic. But it is rigged up for fishing offshore tuna, which I think is going to be great also for uh, our yellowtail. But instead of the treble hook, what I really like, it's got the big, beefy, single J-hook. So really excited to, to get this one out there. The Flying Popper Tuna uh, tuna Rocket. So you can kind of see the TR there. So anyway, the, the interesting thing about these is they're heavy. Uh, so you can cast them a long way. They have the wings on them, which give them lift as you're casting. And so they stay straight. They don't you know wobble or anything like that. But though they're heavy and they sink, so if you... Uh, if you do let sink into a slow, slow crank, it has a really interesting swimming action. But because of those wings, you, you have that weight so you can throw it a mile, but then it comes up to the surface. So if you're ripping it, it just splashes on the surface. So really, really uh, good lure. Had very good luck on that one. I have not fished the tuna rocket yet, but the other ones, rather than having the two trebles on it, now with just the big single hook, I really like that. Uh, what was one of the other ones that I saw? Oh, the um, wide back minnow. And I had a chance to fish this, uh, a prototype version of this in the Bahamas, and it just got crushed. You can kind of see it. And I don't want to open the package here because it's just kind of difficult. But that wide back, the thing has a really inter interesting role on the retrieve. Uh, very good action. Like I said, this thing got destroyed for me in the Bahamas when we were fishing offshore. Uh, a couple of the new ones now. These aren't designed by Patrick, although he improved them, is spool tech lures. And I've had pretty good luck fishing with these. And the cool thing, and this is a new one, rather than just having the, uh, the soft tail, this one actually has a blade a, like the um, dark spin does. So if you've not fished the spool techs, the interesting thing about these is you can fish for big fish with a, a lighter um, leader. Because when a fish hits it, and I, this is kind of hard, uh, when the fish hits it, the leader deploys. And it's a, a wire leader. So, you know, here, a lot of times we'll get the tuna offshore and they're super line shy. So you're having to, and they're keyed in on small bait. So this has that weight for casting ability. I can use a lighter le leader here, but when the fish hits it, the wire leader deploys. So you've got that protection from the teeth. And then if you catch a fish, you just wind that thing back in. So I'm really interested to uh, to get out and do some tuna fishing with not just that one, but the paddle tail version. I mean, it's a small profile, but it's got some weight to it. I know I'll be able to get some casting distance on it. And then that wire leader. So if they're line shy, you know, I can go with that lighter leader again up on the front. And then there's the same one, you know, but a little bit bigger. But again, these are made with, the improvement also on these, rather than the hard plastic the old spool tech lures were, these are the uh, hyperlastic plastic. So it goes invisible on me here, but uh, very, very tough. Uh, these hyper, the hyperlastic, like on the, the dart spin, I mean, they last fish after fish after fish. It just holds up really, really well. Where with the original spool techs, that hard plastic, when I used them, I, I was getting bit, but when I used them in um, 
where was I? Costa Rica. They were a one fish lure because as soon as they something hit them, it cut that tail off. And this stuff is just much tougher. So, like I said, that's just a couple of the allures, and I probably will show you some more during the next one because I haven't had a chance to go through the, all the boxes that he sent me. Like I said he pretty much geared me up for the year. <laughs> if I ever get back to fishing again, if we ever get back to shooting my show again, um, I will have a lot of lures to throw. So I appreciate you all joining us, and please, you know, ask us questions, throw them out there. Um, I know I've had a couple people already on here, so we'll just say hello. Uh, Froglid watching over on uh, Kayak Fishing Tales. I do appreciate it. Gene, thanks for joining us as always. Um, greetings from South, totally different from South Florida. Is You know, Florida, is one part of Florida that much different than another part of Florida? All I know is every time I go to Florida, there's a hurricane. Um, Liam, thanks for joining us. I appreciate you. Uh, Shaka Africa, Shaka Zulu. <laughs> uh, you know, I was up in Canada and um, I went to visit my buddy, Will. And uh, we actually, because he was recovering from uh, surgery. And so I just went to hang out with him and uh, we actually watched Shaka Zulu, uh, that that mini series <laughs> while we're hanging around his house. So Dave Fowler, thanks for joining us from Ottawa. Hope you're doing well. Uh, F.A. Angler watching on Kayak Fishing Tales. Uh, what's your favorite salt, saltwater species to fish for? Um, God, there's there's so many. I mean, who doesn't love tarpon? Who doesn't love um you know, so it's kind of like, where are you? I mean, I love marlin fishing off the kayak. Um, funny enough, I've caught a lot of marlin. I've never caught a marlin off of a boat. Every one of them I've caught has been on a kayak. Um, you know, here locally, our, our go-to is, you know, yellowtail. I love catching yellowtail. Um, down in south, like down in uh, Baja and Costa Rica and Panama, you know, it, it's hard to beat big rooster fish. I absolutely love big rooster fish. But... Uh, like I said, it's hard to, if I had tarpon here in San Diego, I would fish for tarpon every day. <laughs> I mean, having a, a fish that's big and jumps a lot and all that is just so much fun. I absolutely love it. Um, Jeremy Parker watched from South Mountain, Ontario. Thanks for watching us, man. And Gene, hope you're doing well after the procedure. Yeah, I'm, I'm like I said, it's one of those things I have to get these shots in my back every year or so. Generally speaking, I end up having to get, um, I'll get a shot and then two weeks later, I will get another couple of shots. It is an x-ray guided epidural. Um, and then I'm usually good for a year. So I'm hoping that's a thing. I had back surgery years ago and I'm just really trying to avoid having back surgery again. Uh, Abraham, thanks for joining us, man. Uh, from El Salvador. That's awesome. Uh, like I said, I, that's the one thing I really love about doing these things. We get um, we get viewers from all over the world, and I mean that's just it's it's so cool that uh, kayak fishing has uh, grown so much like that. So anyway, with no further ado, our episode this week is on the Crystal Coast of North Carolina. I think um, honestly, before we went there, I had never even thought of it as a fishing destination, and obviously, it's quite underrated because we had a fantastic time I and mean, we had great fishing uh with me to share uh our experiences and uh whatnot from that trip 
was uh, is Bobby Brewer, who actually set the whole trip up for us, invited us out there and helped us uh, put it all together and then fished with us the whole trip. Bobby, how are you, man? Good, Jim. How are you doing today? I am awesome. I have beer. You know, I don't have any ballast point here, man, or I would, or I would uh, toast one with you. Oh, uh, well, you know, you're allowed to use your local brewery. It's, it's all good. But um, so, yeah, I mean, like I said, I never, I never even thought about North Carolina, particularly as an offshore fishing destination. And, you know, I had been there a couple of times. So, you know, I get my picture there, the Outer Banks there with the lighthouse behind me. Yeah. Um, I think that was at Outer Banks. I know I've been to a, lot, a lighthouse at the Outer Banks. Um, but I mean, you you contacted the uh, our office and kind of intrigued us, invited us yeah. to come down and set up the whole trip. Um, because you, I mean, that's what you do there, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. I'm a fishing guy down here, and you know, and you were talking about this area, and you're talking about marlin. Uh, I mean, we have the the Big Rock Blue Marlin tournament here every year. It's a million dollar plus winner, winner purse. I mean, if there's two or three million dollars in the purse, the winner won over a million, or the second place won over a million, man. So yeah. Do you? I mean, do you think? Uh, I mean, I you know you think about people think about Florida, correct? They think about Louisiana. Mm -hmm. Do you think North Carolina is kind of an overlooked fishing destination? You know, the thing about here is the, is the Gulf Stream's about fifty miles out. And so when the it's bringing all the fish, all the nutrients, everything up as it goes from south to north, and so that's that's what people will do. They do that. I mean, they'll run out to the to the stream, and then I mean, there's tuna, there's marlin, there's there's cobia, there's there's uh, wahoo. When you know when you go offshore, and then inshore, I fish a lot more inshore. I mean, we we got the redfish, we got the the speckled sea trout, we got the flounder, um, you know, the the Spanish mackerel, false albacore. We got all that here. Um, but like you said, though, I mean, we were talking uh, on this episode, we were had to run quite a ways out and Correct. we were still only in 75 feet of water. Yeah. You know, here in, in San Diego, uh, we can get out to the nine mile bank. I mean, I've caught tuna off my kayak two miles off the beach. My first marlin I caught off my kayak was a mile off the beach. Yeah. Yeah, for this show, I think we went out probably 10 or 15 miles to some wrecks. We got some wrecks out there, and we went out to a wreck. Joe took us out to a wreck, and we were, you know, 60, 70 feet of water. And then we were, you know, 10 miles out, 10, 12 miles out. Yeah, it did. And we had a, an amazing time. I mean, the, the fishing um, was great. We, we got to fish with, with you, uh, with Brooks Beatty, yep. and both of you guys were – pretty much newbies to fishing for big fish offshore in a kayak. Correct. Yeah. You know, I fished a lot in the kayaks, but I tell you what, when we got out there and it was time to get in that kayak and I was out and, you know, I couldn't see the, the land anymore. That kayak was a little bit shaky when I first got in it there. I mean, it quickly got, got my sea legs or whatever you want to call it, but it was a little shaky for me when I first got in there, particularly when you see a shark or something swimming by you. That yeah. We, and we saw, we saw a few sharks, um, yeah. but when you said we had great fishing, um, and again, it was the same for Brooks. Brooks is basically a bass guy. Yeah. And, and that was his first experience really getting on big fish offshore. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and we all had a, a blast. So, um, there was a couple of, uh, questions here. Well, first off, Douglas from Brazil. Thank you, man. I appreciate, appreciate you joining us. Um, 
Jim, what's the one thing you can recommend to use on your back to help anglers with back problems? Well, honestly, the new kayaks are a lot better, you know, with, with the high back seats and all that definitely, definitely helps. My biggest thing is I always found the more I paddled, the more I could paddle. So, you know, you build yourself up to getting in paddling shape and that always worked best for me. But I, I know personally, and Bobby and I were actually talking about this before the show started, um, the Blue Sky Boat Works, um, if you're looking at pedal type boats, is the first pedal boat I've ever been in that I could pedal that didn't kill my back. Um, the higher seat is a little more better ergonomics for me pedaling wise. So paddling does not bother, bother my back. Pedaling really bothers my back. So uh, it, the, ba the best thing is just, Figure out what works for you, I guess. Uh, and like I said, it's all you have a lot of uh, different things on uh, with the seats. So it's a get out there and test paddle. A lot of boat, a lot of kayak uh, places will do um, kayak demo days and that. So try out different boats, see what one you feel comfortable with. Um, but work up to it slowly and build up those muscles. So without any further ado, we really, uh, we could sit here and talk and answer questions all day, but, and we'll continue to answer questions, but I think we need to get this episode rolling. Let's get it up there. So this is our trip to Crystal Coast, uh, North Carolina. <laughs> this is from season five, episode five. Do you know what year what this was? I have no clue. You know, I think it was like 13, 2013, 2014, maybe somewhere around into there. It's been a while. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. Let's let her roll. This week on the Kayak Fishing Show, we are on the Crystal Coast of North Carolina. We're chasing big amberjack out on a wreck. I got my buddy Bobby Brewer who invited us out here. We got Brooks Beatty from uh, Jackson Kayak. We're fishing with Joe Shoot from Fish Finder Charters. Out here chasing big amberjack in some big water. We've metered some big fish. Stick around, we're gonna get them. Word to the wise if your mama ain't taught you. Don't stand in front of a man and a fish he ain't caught yet. Honey, if the world calls me, tell him I'm telling him I'm fishing. show is brought to you by Jackson Kayak, one family, many waters, Shark Shield, the world's only proven and tested shark deterrent technology, Raymarine, the world leaders in marine electronics, Ex Officio, made to adventure, Seagar, trust Seagar when everything is on the line, and Hook One, everything you need to get out there and hook one. 
This week on Jackson Kayak's Kayak Fishing Show, Jim Sammons is hooking up with Brooks Beatty and Bobby Brewer on the crystal coast of North Carolina for an epic week of offshore fishing. Their guide on this adventure is Captain Joe Shute from Fishfinder Charters, one of the top guides in the area for inshore, offshore, and fly fishing. Yeah, Captain Joe Shute, he's been, he's been guiding for 28 years. He, uh, he uh, makes, uh, he ties his own uh, bait for fly. He does a big fly fisherman. He's been guiding for 28 years. He's out of Atlantic City. Uh, we went out uh, to some wrecks. Actually, this wreck was a hunt that we, that we actually fished on. We didn't have to go anywhere else. Uh, the AJs are called uh, Reef Donkeys, huge fights. Uh, the gear we had to use, we had to use some heavy gear, some 30-pound, uh, some 40-pound rods. Right off the coast of uh, North Carolina, we put some baits in the water, and as soon as we put baits in the water, we saw some big fish. We didn't seem to want to eat, though. But uh, definitely big amberjack. Gonna soak some live bait and uh, see what we find. We've, well, we've got everything from inshore back in the sounds, red speckled trout, flounder. We've got great nearshore fishing with the you know, Spanish bluefish, cobias, false albacore, and then right off the beach, we've got some of the best offshore fishing: the blue marlin, white marlin, sailfish, wahoos, yellowfin tuna. So we we're pretty in a in a real unique area right here. It doesn't make any difference what size boat you have or what type of gear you want to use, whether it's conventional or fly or whatever or trolling. There's something for everybody here. Fishing show is brought to you in part by Jackson Kayak. One family, many waters. Learn more at jacksonkayak.com. I'm not going to lie, man. I love coming back and, and watching um, old episodes that because I haven't watched this in years. I mean, probably since it first came out, and it brings back so many great memories. Um, the fish being around that structure 
You know, we fish for yellowtail. Yellowtail are very, very, I mean, could be twins of an AJ, just different coloration. They both love to run into structure. Uh, but for us, it's kelp. So usually, you know, you get them kelp and you can bust them off. You know, there it's they're, they're running into a shipwreck. <laughs> and it's so hard to keep them out and keep you from busting off. And, you know, fish tight drags and really hammer them. And those fish are strong. Yeah, I mean, so so these fish, I mean, uh, you know, some fish, when you hook them up, they'll just take off for a long run. These guys go straight down. And that wrecks, there's two wrecks out there. Those wrecks are right below us. And our deal was, you know, we're catching them, you know, maybe 20, 30 feet. And then they would shoot straight down. And we're just trying to keep them off the bottom with all we've got. And and, and I remember when, when they would hook up. We'd have, you know, after after I, I know you're going to bring it up. So I took a dump. <laughs> so I said, oh, let's just get that out of the way. I took, first fish, I'm in the water with it. But but then when, when you know, the, the bait's on the side and all of a sudden the bait starts getting really scared. And at that point, we would lean over as far as we could to the other side. And then that bait, then it would hit us and it would just jerk us back over. And we were just all we could do to stay in the kayaks right there. They, they hit so hard. They, they hit so hard. Um you know, jacks in general are such strong fish and, you know, wanting to run into that structure. So having to fish a super tight drag. So, you know, how, you know, there definitely is a yeah. balance thing. Yeah. Um, like you said, you did go for a swim. Yeah. You did lose a rod. Yeah. Um, 15 minutes into the filming. I mean, it was 15 or 20 <laughs> minutes in the filming. I got my first fish. It, it's in a rod holder. The rod holder explodes. I dive back to try to grab this rod, miss it. I hit the ocean. So I'm out a $400 set of rods and I'm bobbing out like an apple 15 miles out in the ocean, you know, <laughs> out in the Atlantic Ocean. But we're yeah, talking about a lot of fish. And so people know it was not a yak attack rod. Uh, <laughs> this is a rod holder. This was yeah. a, uh, this was a Ram ball. And uh, that's why I was never, never a huge fan. I mean, I, Ram made a lot of great products. But that was the one thing I was never a fan of was for heavy gear having those ram balls. And yeah. it just just broke right off. Yeah, <laughs> and of course, we didn't give you a hard time about it at all. <laughs> <laughs> I, re I remember something it's like the rod broke and you like flew backwards trying to grab I it. Trying to grab it, man. <laughs> but I think the tough part is when I paddled over to Joe and I said, Joe, I need another rod. He looked at me like I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> and so he gave me another rod and we went back after him again. <laughs> yeah. And it, and it was good. Like I said, I mean, we, we, we caught a bunch of fish. We saw some sharks. Uh, it, it was just good. And the action's just yeah. going to keep on continuing here. So uh, let's let her roll. Bye. Seaguar, always the best in fluorocarbon, braid, and monofilament fishing line. This week, Jim Sammons and friends are fishing hey, that's the picture behind me. of North Carolina <laughs> for hard-fighting amberjacks. After loading their kayaks up on Captain Joe's guide boat, the guys have taken a fast trip offshore and are dropped right on the spot. Moments later, the action begins. Oh, man, that was awesome. I looked on my finder and I just saw this big school of fish going underneath me. All of a sudden, my bait got nervous. And it was on. <laughs> the key when you're fighting with these big fish is short stroke them. You know, don't don't try to pull the rod way up. Let him run when he wants to run, but take line when you can, but just don't go and do these big long pulls. You're much more efficient 
doing these little short strokes. If they let you. Of course, in these rough conditions, it helps to keep that low also. Just one more thing to keep your center of gravity a little bit lower. And fish changes direction by having a low rod tip. It'll turn the boat rather than snap the rod underneath the boat. Woo! Just got these new reels from Release Reels. Got them right before this trip, so I hadn't had a chance to use them at all. Man, so far, so good. Such a smooth drag. And even when the fish is pulling, I've got good torque. That is Siegler reels I mean, now. If you can come out <laughs> and hook this kind of quality fish every day, yeah, you got nothing to complain about. Wow. wow. <laughs> and there's our release. <laughs> I'm just going to pause it right there for a second. Um, we did all catch a release on the AJs. You know, for us here in California, yellowtail are, I mean, as good as it gets for eating. Um, does nobody eat the AJs? Yeah, some people do. Some people do. It's, it's, it's probably not the number one, by far it's not the number one fish out here, but some people eat, will eat the AJs. And mostly it's a catch and release for us, just for yeah. the fight. I've, I've heard uh, I've heard AJs are wormy, but... It, they, little, yeah, they are a little, a little bit stronger taste to them. You know, if, if, uh, if, you, if you want a mild fish, that's not the fish for you. But it's mostly a catch and release for us here. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. And one other thing I will mention, like I said, we had just gotten these. Uh, this was when Ray Marine first came out with the Dragonfly Fish Finder. And when you go to a place like this, um, having that fish finder is so important, you know, um, because we were fishing over a wreck and you wanted to stay just on the perimeter of that that wreck where you, and you would meter the this the wreck and you'd meter the bait schools and then you'd meter the bigger fish coming through. So even when I travel like that one I had set up on a pelican case. Um, so my batteries were inside the pelican case and then it had the finder mounted on top. And then the um, I had one of those transducer arms going off the side. So, I mean, whenever I travel, I always still bring a fish finder because it makes a huge difference in a fishery like this where you're, you're trying to stay over the top of some kind of structure. So highly recommend it. Really what happens is as soon as you catch, we catch the fish right at the top, we kind of free light them on the back of our rod, catch them at the top. And the first thing they go, they go diving straight down to the wreck. So we have to have some high abrasion to keep them from breaking off. We had quite a few break offs even with that, but we got, uh, we got our share more than we wanted in the boat. That is the look of somebody who is just learning how to fight a big fish on a kayak. That's it. Water. <laughs> That's that it. Is called, that is called high sticking right there. That is it. Don't do it like that. Although you landed the fish. That's okay. But uh, high sticking is how you break rods. <laughs> An amazing morning of fishing comes to a close and the guys head back to the Crystal Coast and their new home away from home, the Inlet Inn. Hey, I'm with uh, Larry from the Inlet Inn. He's the owner of this wonderful establishment that hosted us here. Uh, Larry, first I gotta thank you so much for, for hosting us here. I mean, it's a, a 
beautiful place, beautiful location. Well, good. We're we're glad to have you. Um, There's Brooks working hard. Good. Exactly. Where where are we located? Well, we're on what's called the Crystal Coast, but we're on the coast of uh, North Carolina in Beaufort. Uh, we're close to Moorhead City. Uh, we're on what's called the Southern Outer Banks, but um, Beaufort's a great little town. We're still uh, sort of undiscovered, even though Beaufort was called one of the, you know, one of the best towns in America. Uh, we're still somewhat undiscovered, and we still have that small town flavor, I guess. No, it does. We walked around last night, and it's this really nice little place, and, you know, beautiful waterfront. The Crystal Coast is a beautiful 85-mile stretch of the North Carolina coastline, known for its protected beaches, incredible fishery, scenic natural wonders, and rich history. With hundreds of hotels in and around Moorhead City and Beaufort, as well as several top-notch fishing guide service, the Crystal Coast is the perfect destination for the avid angler and family. If you want to come out here to Beaufort, North Carolina, if you're going to be here, go kayak fishing, go fishing, just see the area. If you're looking for an awesome place to stay, make sure you check out the Inlet Inn. It is sweet. This week while we were fishing on the uh, crystal coast of North Carolina, we were targeting big fish, big amberjack in heavy structure. If you're gonna do that, you need good quality gear that you can really pull hard on. That's why I was using the new release reel, small game reel. This thing gave me all the power I needed, super smooth drags when those fish took off. On the reel, I had it loaded with 60 pound Seaguar Threadlock hollow core braid. I really like the hollow core. I can do knotless connections. So there's no knots going to uh, my leader or to, I mean, in this case, I use a very short leader. And so it was just on a, uh, a knotless connection to a swivel. Uh, the leader I was using was 50 pound Seaguar fluorocarbon. Uh, you just needed that abrasion resistance. If it did get down in the wrecks, although quite honestly, if it got in the wrecks, you weren't stopping them. These things were very, very tough fish. On the end, seven-aught must-add circle hook. It's a great setup. The rod itself uh, is six and a half foot. A little bit shorter than I normally use, but I need that pulling power uh, of a shorter rod. Longer rods on these big, strong fish are going to kick your butt. That's what I was using out here on the Crystal Coast. Check it out. When we come back, the guys head out after a good night's rest for another stab at Monster Amberjack. Stay tuned. There are more hard fights in the wrecks off the Crystal Coast. Jackson Kayak's Kayak Fishing Show is brought to you in part by Hook One. Everything you need to get out there and hook one. Yeah, I, um, I was actually going through some photos from this trip uh, when I was setting up the broadcast. And I had a couple of photos where all three of us were hooked up. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it was one of those trips that was just really, really good fishing. You know, I remember when we, when we were finishing up, our, our hands, my, Brooks and I, my, you know, we used my boat as a, as a ferry out there with the kayaks. And we were going back over to my boat. And, and Brooks and I were talking, man, our hands were, and forearms were just on fire. Just because we caught so many fish, and I, I wish Joe had less bait, man, because we could have put him in. But we were heard. You he heard us that day. I can tell you. Oh, for sure. And, and you said you know, there was that one bait left, and yeah. um, 
at the very end of the day. And I don't think it actually made it in the episode because we gave that last bait to Will, the videographer. Correct. And he catches a freaking cobia. And so I had never... I never yeah. caught a cobia before. <laughs> so we caught, I don't know, we had, I don't have, we 50, 60, I don't know how many amberjacks we caught. And we, we had one bait left. We're all paddling out. In fact, Brooks, I didn't even see it. Brooks and I are going over to my boat, putting our kayaks in. And we come over. Next thing we know, we got, we got Will holding up a cobia. And I know at the time you hadn't caught a cobia in your show. And, and you're, probably right. about, you're about, probably about ready to kill Will for that. <laughs> Will has done that a couple of times. He did that. Um, we were in Hawaii. Uh huh. And same sort of deal. And so, yeah. you know, it's kind of the end of the day. We're rapid steps so and we start paddling over. And yeah. he grabs one of my rods out of the rack and drops down a mega bait, uh, an, an iron, and catches a wahoo. <laughs> and I've never caught a yeah. wahoo on the show. But Will <laughs> catches a wahoo and on an iron with no leader. Really? And he didn't bite him off. Didn't bite him off. Did not bite him off. It's like, uh, he's the luckiest son of a gun sometimes. Uh, let's uh, check in a couple other people here. Uh, Gerald Coons, uh, you have any resources for new beginner to kayak fishing? Resources for the new beginner to kayak fishing. I do not currently own a kayak, but I'm thinking about getting into the sport. Well, of course, our videos, you know, our Facebook page, our YouTube channel, there's a lot of instructional stuff there. Probably one of the biggest things I can say, and it depends, you know, wherever you are, hire a guide hire a kayak fishing guide and there's you know there are some all there was a time i was the only one around around the country and now it's that you know you can find kayak fishing guides and they are going to lower that learning curve um start off slow don't don't go and this is when i get i get people calling me for my guide service and say i want to go out and catch a thresher shark off the kayak it's like have you ever kayak fished no <laughs> it's like well, we're not going to do that. Uh, I'll take people into San Diego Bay where we're going to catch a bunch of bass and you're going to get that repetition of dealing with equipment and moving around the kayak and, you know, everything that is involved. Because if you start off trying to go big, you're probably going to lose gear. Um, you're probably going to go swimming. Uh, <laughs> and, and we're, we, you know, we, we like to avoid that. So, you know, as we, we say, just start off slow. But if you can, hire a guide in your area. He is going to lessen that learning curve for you. And, you know, you're going to get, you're going to get those little things that we know who have been doing this a long time right off the bat. And you're not going to have to figure out those things for yourself. So that's my biggest recommendation. Yeah. I was, do, you still, yeah. You, do you still guide kayak fishing or you just I, boat I don't, I, I don't. I used to guide it a lot, but I don't, I don't do it anymore. It, kind of, it got really came down to the insurance. I got, I got more and more people wanting to go out on the boat. And then I just had less and less uh, kayaks things. But, you know, on that, I would say just before you go fishing, just get in the kayak and learn how to handle it. I mean, learn how to back it up, learn how to turn right, turn left, get understand your balance. All of that. You've got to get all that down really before you catch your fish or, or you're going to screw up. And, yeah. And if you're going to be a paddler, the same sort of thing. If you can get some good paddling instruction. Correct. You know, if you're going to be a paddler, it's not rocket science, but paddling takes proper technique. If you want to be a good paddler, having good technique makes a huge difference. If you want to go kayak fishing and be paddling and covering miles, having good technique is going to be much easier Correct. on your body. So Correct. even if you're not carrying a fishing guide, if you can get some kayaking instruction, yeah. if nothing else, just go out there and play around on it and figure yeah. it out. 
but without yeah. fishing gear. Yeah, and I, I would take the fishing gear off, and I would actually go and, and jump in, just kind of fall in, and under, so you don't freak out because you're going to fall in some point. If you if you're kayak fishing and you don't fall in, and you're not you're not having fun. And, and, and you can't you can't freak out. You just gotta like learn how to get back in the boat and just keep going. Yeah, that's the number one skill you should know is a uh, self rescue. You know, yeah. know how to get back in your kayak. Yeah. I always tell people if uh, if you don't know how to self rescue, you have no business being in water deeper than knee deep water. Yeah. You know, so take that time and do that. Uh, Egowitz, my good friend, how are you? Egowitz is checking in from Spain. Uh, Daniel Ranch Cucamonga, thanks for joining us. Uh, Egowitz says he loves the lures. I know we traded some lures. You probably tried to steal some lures from me while we were in uh, Sweden last time. Uh, Donald joining us from Long Island. Thanks, man. Thomas, how you doing? Robert from Middle Tennessee. Um, I've never fished in Tennessee. Would Chad there? You've never fished? You know, I'm not a, much of a bass guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do it once in a while, but uh, not not a whole lot. Zachary, thanks for joining us. Mayakota, uh, how are you doing, man? Facebook user. So Facebook user is um, because we also do broadcast these onto the Kayak Fishing Show group. So I believe... If you give Facebook permission, there is something about giving permission, and then it'll show us your name. But if you just if you don't give it permission, it just says Facebook user. So thanks for joining us, Facebook user. And Facebook user is under lockdown in Panama. I hear I hear the lockdown in Panama is terrible. Uh, my friend uh, Henny Murray just is like they can't do anything, and um, you're allowed out on different days. It's 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 pretty crazy. David, hola, Gene Wilson, what? <laughs> and Gerald, thanks for the advice. Thanks for joining us, man. I really appreciate it. Anyway, let's keep this thing going. Shark Shield, the world's only proven and tested shark deterrent technology. This week, we're fishing with Brooks Beatty, team manager at Jackson Kayak, and Bobby Brewer, local kayak fishing guide in the Crystal Coast, North Carolina. I'm Brooks Beatty. I work with Jackson Kayaks. I manage our fishing pro staff along with uh, do some marketing work for the fishing side of our company. This is uh, my first time doing anything of the sort or catching any fish of that magnitude uh, from a kayak. I'm, I'm a bass guy, river guy, so... I've caught some striper that were pretty pretty uh, decent size, but those amberjack are totally different animal. Uh, super strong, um, relentless fish. They know where home is. Home is in the wreck, and they try to go home when they don't like what's in their mouth. And uh, and you really gotta have the gear, the uh, the tackle to keep them out of there. They start digging, and it's it's more or less all you can do to hold on. So you gotta have something that has some some backbone to it to keep them out of there. never done anything like that so just to to catch a fish like that um from a kayak was, was a blast it's, it's something i want to do again very soon clarify very experienced kayak fisherman but you're a bass guy right i'm a bass guy i'm yeah rivers uh small you know local impoundment stuff from 
from a kayak where I'm able to stand up and fish and, you know, current and, and whatnot, but, and even do a little bit of inshore, but it's all mostly where I'm standing high position, you know, that kind of fishing versus, uh, staying in a low position and really battling a, a strong, strong fish. Yeah. It's a whole different ballgame if you've never done it. Pull on a fish that can physically hurt you. I mean, your arms are aching. Yeah, I, I, I hate to admit this, but I usually took a, a minute break or so after catching the fish before getting back at it. Thumb in my spool, tight drag, and he's still ripping line off. That's a glassier day. You see that? There was a second fish swimming by his fish. Yeah, I don't know if you saw that, Bobby. As yeah. That camera angle, the water was so that. clear. It's like his fish was coming up, and you could see another one following right behind it. Uh, it that was a good. That was a good trip, man. <laughs> Keep her going. This week, while fishing offshore, I was fishing on the Jackson Cuda 14, and I'm just going to give you a really quick rundown of how I rigged my boat for fishing offshore. First off, up front, I have my Raymarine fish finder, the Dragonfly. Basically there, uh, we were fishing over structure. I wanted to know where that structure was, and with a GPS, I could always go back to it, fish to the edges of it. So having a good fish finder on your kayak is key. The cool thing about the Jackson kayak, high-low seating, well, in that rough water, I kept my seat in the low position. You really needed that in the moving water. Another neat thing I just want to show real quick is on the seats now coming this just this year, is a uh, inflatable beanbag type of lumbar support. And man, that is, thing has made a huge difference in my comfort when sitting on this boat. Brooks, I know you had some things you wanted to cover on the boat real quick. Right on. Uh, my first time being offshore catching these guys and uh, it's pretty chaotic once they first hit. And for me, something that's super beneficial is getting my paddle out of the way because we were trolling them a little bit. And they hit it and you know, don't want it falling in the water, drifting off or whatever. So I would slide my paddle right up under here lay it down to the side, it was out of the way, throw my legs over it, bring in the big boys. Then it was nice and secure. Yep. That's the boat we were using here on Crystal Coast, North Carolina. Check it out. Stay tuned. There's plenty right. more Amberjack action from the Crystal Coast after the break. Jackson Kayak's Kayak Fishing Show is brought to you in part by DeLorme InReach. Follow Jim Salmon's Big Game Adventure live with DeLorme InReach at kayakfishingshow.com. Yeah, like I said, that's uh, when you get your arms aching, a fish that can physically make you hurt. And that's they, what those AJs are. They did. We were on fire, man. Our arms were on fire. 
we call so many of them. You know what? But I got a bone to pick with you, Jim. So we're we're out there, and this Shark Shield. I just saw this ad for Shark Shield there, and I didn't know about this. And me and you are are out there together, and all of a sudden I hear Joe shoot goes, yeah, and that's about a ten or twelve foot tiger that just went by, and he go and you go, yeah, yeah, it took off when I turned on the Shark Shield, and I'm going like, what are you talking about? And I didn't, I didn't have one of these things, man. And this shark's swimming by us here, and you didn't tell me about that while we we're out there. Yeah, I was there to stealthily protect everyone, <laughs> <laughs> or just protect myself. And you know, it is yeah. my show after all. Uh, you got it. You got it. <laughs> Everybody else is expendable. <laughs> Eat the ball-headed guy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was actually um, this was kind of early in the days of using the shark shields. Mm -hmm. um, and this was definitely one of those trips where I saw it work. You know, people always question, you know, is this a gimmick? Is this something? Um, and, I, and I don't remember if, it, if, if it's in the episode. I think it probably is. But, you know, everybody thinks the shark shield is just a gimmick. But I have on several occasions with that tiger shark, with uh, hammerheads, with makos, I have seen it work. Um, I have seen sharks come up and start pestering us and I don't have this, you know, huge fear of sharks. Um, but it's more like when you're dealing with a fish right next to the boat and then having a shark come up and grab it like that happened to me in New Zealand. Um, so I have had sharks around me. I have turned it on and I have seen the sharks go away. Mm -hmm. So I'm a believer. Definitely, uh, if I was if I was regularly fishing in a super sharky area, if I was like up in Northern California where they definitely have issues, uh, I would I would have a shark shield on every time I'm out there. Jackson Kayaks Kayak Fishing Show is brought to you in part by Gray Marine Dragonfly. View the world beneath your boat with photo light clarity of Chirp Down Vision. This week on the Crystal Cove, we were pulling on some really big fish. So I'm gonna tell you exactly how I set up my rod and reel for targeting the big AJs and how to get it done. And that's gonna be this week's kayak fishing tip. The kayak fishing tip of the week is brought to you by Ram Kayak Mounts, featuring a complete line of kayak mounts that reveal a world of possibilities. When we were targeting these big AJs, we were using live bait. When I'm trolling a live bait, I like to uh, have my reel out of gear with the- I'm gonna pause it right there because there is a question. <laughs> Uh, from Abraham, I would like some tips for fishing live bait from a kayak from leader, hooks, and fish sizes. So just so happens that's coming up in the episode right now. So pay attention. Clicker on. Basically what I want is for that, that game fish to hit the bait and be able to run with it. Um, so with the lever drag reel, that what that allows me to do is preset the drag and then have the fish hit and run. And I don't have to worry about pressure on the rod, pressure on the boat, anything like that. Now you have a big bait, and we were using Menhaden that were this big. So with this lever drag, I can just bump the reel just slightly into gear to give me a little bit more pressure so the bait isn't constantly taking line on you. If it's loose, it just go, you know, take it all the time. So I can bump it up just a little, get a little bit more pressure, hold that bait in place. Then when the fish hits, give it a couple seconds, slide it into full strike, it's going to load up and bury that hook in the corner of the fish's mouth. That's how I like to target big game on live bait. It has been an amazing... So I'll pause it one more time there. So your question was, uh, I mean, that's like I said, out of gear, clicker on. When you're, when you're 
uh, slow trolling or soaking a, a live bait. Uh, you said from leader hooks and fish eyes. Well, the hook size is dependent on how you're hooking the bait and it's dependent on the size of the bait. So for like a big mackerel, um, I like to pin them at the back of the head. So I need to use a larger gap hook. So like I'll use a seven aught um, circle hook at the back of the head. If I am nose, nose hooking them, uh, then it might be using a two aught hook sideways through the nose. So that's all going to be different. And again, you know, leader size is kind of the same thing. If they're, if you have to worry about abrasion resistance, if they're getting into structure, you know, you might need to go heavier. Other than that, you know, the lighter the line you can go with, uh, the better off you are because the, ba the bait's going to swim more naturally. So, you know, gear down. Uh, you're never pulling as hard on the fish as you think you are. You can catch big, big fish on light tackle because the kayak itself is always moving. You only generally have to go up larger sizes of leader if you're dealing about um, dealing with teeth, uh, dealing with like fish that have sharp gills, or you have a fish that runs into structure. So you just got to kind of play with it, which is going to work, you know, by the bait that you're using and the predators that you're going after. So we'll keep it rolling. Amazing couple of days of fishing for big amberjacks off the Crystal Coast in North Carolina. With only a few hours left and the winds nice and low, the guys drop their lures for one more chance at a monster. We, uh, we lose occasionally some fish to sharks. And there are some sharks out in this area on these, on these wrecks. And there's your shark shield. Hooking up this shark shield, you know, it's not so much as it keeps the sharks away from me, but it keeps me from losing fish to sharks. I mean, that's the reason I wanted it. And uh, when you're landing the fish, that's, you know, the diciest part. If you know, you've seen the show where I've had a shark grab a fish right out of my hand. This, during that landing process, is just going to keep me a little bit safer. And uh, you just kind of see that shark out there. <laughs> They've proven it scientifically. Now, I'd actually like to prove it. I'd like to see it, some sharks and actually see it, turn it on and see if they go away. So it'd be kind of interesting. Well, he definitely swam away. He was coming right at me and then turned and went off. <laughs> a new piece of gear we have this year on the show that I'm really excited about and it actually proved itself very beneficial on this week's shoot 
is the shark shield. Now, I don't have a particular fear of sharks, but I've lost a lot of fish to sharks, and I've had them come up very close to my boat when I'm landing a fish. So that can be a little bit dangerous, but also, you know, I don't want to give the shark the fish that maybe I want to take home to eat. So the shark shield is keeping those sharks away. What it is basically is it's putting out an electrical charge that the sharks don't like. It affects their ampullae of Lorenzini, and they obviously find it distasteful because on two different occasions during this week's shoot, I had sharks swing right up to my boat. I turned on the shark shield and it turned away. They've done a lot of studies in um, South Africa and Australia on these units. And quite honestly, it works. Uh, you can look up all the great information on the uh, shark shield at sharkshield.com. <laughs> oh! Just turned on the shark shield. See if it makes a difference, all that. Yeah. He's right there. These fish were just swirling around. My bait was getting nervous. And then this guy ate it. Woo, good fish, too. Came up, had a shark on him. Uh, I turned on the shark shield, and the shark swam away. So that's twice today. I've turned it on, seen a shark, and the shark swam off. So it's convincing me. An amazing week of offshore fishing comes to a close. A huge thanks to the Crystal Coast, Captain Joe Shute, and the Inlet Inn for the fishing adventure of a lifetime. To book your Crystal Coast adventure, go to crystalcoastnc.org. I'm not going to lie, man. This is making me want to go fishing because I have not been able to fish because of my back. That is, uh, that was fun to watch. As I said, I have not watched have not watched that episode probably since it first came out you know what was that you said like 2013 or something so uh that was fun <laughs> um so you're going to join us again because this is a continuation where we have an <clears throat> excuse me an episode two from uh north carolina uh where do we go in the next episode yeah, so, so on this one, I mean, we, we did two shoots. This was the first shoot we did down at the Crystal Coast. The second one we did, we came into Oriental. We came basically back inland into the Noose River and the Pamlico Sound area. And then on that one, we are going for the, the big 40, 50-inch uh, trophy redfish. And then we had uh, we had to do a little bit of – we had some weather. We had great weather out on the – when we were out there. And on, when we came inshore, we had some, some questionable – we had some high winds. And so we had to do like uh, – uh, a, a little diversion and we went and got some stripers on that one. I remember that striper bit. And I think that actually um, part of our intro of our show is Brooks standing up in a kayak correct, and, correct. and getting a striper. And yeah. uh, I think I was throwing the, uh, the old Seville splasher in there. You were, and, and uh, uh, Brooks had the plopper whopper. So we had the, the, yeah, the, the plopper yeah. whopper going out there. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that, did that little segment. We didn't catch anything big, but man, we caught a bunch of fish and it sure was fun. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to put this up one more time. Um, where is it? You know, Jim, I was thinking about the, the person that asked about, they were just getting ready to get into, into kayak fishing. One of the things we didn't talk about is a PFD. And I know you're, you're huge on that. And I, and I am too. You've got to have, you've got to have a proper fitting one. You've got to wear it. Don't put it behind your seat. Don't put it in the back. You got to have it on. Got to wear it. Always wear it. Uh, and I say that at the end of every show. Yeah. Um, and the, I actually got contacted by someone this morning who her, her niece's fiance 
went missing down in Baja, went out on his kayak, went missing. They found his kayak and, you know, 25 years old, bulletproof, of course, not wearing a PFD. And, you know, things happen. Things go go wrong in a hurry. So please, everybody wear a PFD. Uh, Bobby, I really appreciate you joining us here. Uh, yep. Somebody wants to reach you for your guide service. I got uh, their bald headed Bobby. How did you come up with that name? You know what, man? So I'm, we're actually at a bar and we're, I'm coming up with a name, trying to figure out what to do. And I just said, man, I'm just going to call myself because people call me bald and all that. And I said, I'm going to call myself bald headed Bobby. And when I did that, everybody around me started laughing. And when they started laughing, I said, man, that's it. Because people will remember that name. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Anyway, Bobby, I appreciate you joining us here, man. And you're going to join us here again next, week. next Tuesday for, and we're going to actually have Brooks Beatty will be joining us as well for part two of our adventure in North Carolina. Of course, I will be back again this Thursday um, for, I believe it's part two of our minor Bay Lodge trip. Uh, with Jeff Goudreau. And Jeff has told me he's going to be joining me this Thursday for that episode. So I appreciate everybody joining us. If you are going out on the water, please remember to wear your PFD and keep your paddle right side up. Y'all take care. Take care, man. Oh, I'm going to fish it.